Blessings, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Superpowers of the Soul. This is Amorakai, and I am ridiculously overjoyed to be here with you all today, talking about practical manifesting with our beautiful guest, Jackie Nectel. Jackie is an international speaker, facilitator, serial entrepreneur, and pioneer in the area of flow. She's the co-founder of the Flow Consciousness Institute, something I highly, highly recommend, which holds cutting-edge trainings, retreats, and workshops, delivering transformational experiences worldwide, as well as Shine, an early-stage tech startup supporting underserved communities with mental health. She's an advisor for several social impact-focused nonprofits and startups and serves on the board of directors for SOSF, Evolutionary Leader Circle, an esteemed community of notable consciousness thought leaders. Widely known for being a super connector and a community architect, Jackie is so skilled in weaving together ecosystems at the intersection of social impact and consciousness-focused entrepreneurship, investment, and philanthropy. Jackie is simply one of my favorite beings on the planet at this time. I just, I know her to be an incredibly brave, passionate, dedicated, and open-hearted person who, who walks this exquisite path of practical magic. She's an intelligent, impactful, immensely generous, and deeply loving being with so much life-changing wisdom to share. And I'm just super delighted that she's here with us today because you are in for a treat. Jackie, welcome to the show, love. I'm so glad you're here. Oh, thank you so much, love. It's truly an honor to be here and just letting all of that soak into every fiber of my being. Such a treat to be with you. Mm-hmm. Yum to that. Oh. Manifesting is is one of my favorite subjects, and I get to talk about it with one of my favorite people. It's <laughs> it's the best day ever. <laughs> it's something that's <laughs> really, really super alive in my own life and in my family space right now. So I'm especially eager to talk with you and to learn what you have to share about practical manifesting. But before we jump right into it, I'm going to start off by asking you our favorite opener around here. What is your superpower of the soul, Ms. Jackie, and how are you using it for good right now? Hmm. My superpower of the soul. Well, you kind of touched on it in the intro. I have this ability to be an intuitive super connector and uh, like grandmother spider weaving potentials between different nodes and in different verticals and different industries or just my playa name for Burning Man is Genie. I'm able to to find Mm -hmm. people the exact person they need to meet, the exact resource they need. And for me, it's the most beautiful gift and brings me more joy than maybe anything on the planet is just being able to really attune to what someone needs and then be able to scroll through this this database in my mind and find them the exact match for for what they need for their personal life, their professional life. And yeah, just bringing people together, I would mm-hmm. say, is my my superpower. Oh, and is it, it's the best superpower ever. I can attest to it. I've seen Jackie in action and it really is. I love the grandmother spider weaving. <laughs> I think I will carry that with me for a long time when I think of you. It's so true. Mm. And it's such a beautiful, organic, as you mentioned, intuitive weave. And it is the greatest display of the law of abundance where it's just always a win, win, win that I've really seen in, in constant and generous action. Oh, I'm so glad you spoke to it. Thank you for that. Mm, What a great question. Mm, I love it. All right, folks. Well, as I'm sure you can tell, I'm extremely excited to get this conversation going without interruption. Jackie has so much to weave and share. And so we're going to go ahead and actually take our short break now. And just before we do, Jackie, tell us where's the best place for people to go to connect with you. Where can they find you these days? I would love for anyone to feel free to connect with me on social media at Jackie Nectel or on Facebook or my personal website, JackieNectel.com or go to the Flow Consciousness Institute website, flowconsciousness.com. Please feel free to reach out, 
share any inspirations or questions. I always love connecting with people. Mm, Beautiful. And she really means it, folks. Jackie is the warmest, most welcoming (laughs) being that I know. Okay. Everyone, you are listening to Superpowers of the Soul here on the Superpower Network. And we're going to be right back to get deep into practical manifesting with Jackie Nectel in just a moment. Stay tuned, everyone. You will not want to miss this one, I promise you. Hello, everyone. I'm Tonya Don Reckla, Director of Superpower Experts. If you're ready to activate your superpowers and turn your lifetime journey into the journey of a lifetime, Go to superpowerexperts.com and get started today. Welcome back, everyone. This is Amora Kai. And if you're just tuning in, today we are talking with Jackie Nectel about practical manifesting. So, uh, Jackie, it seems a little bit like the idea of manifesting has kind of taken over the planet Earth in recent years, especially (laughs) in our neck of the woods. You see and hear about it everywhere. You know, there are so many different teachers and teachings and ideas on the subject these days. And I know a lot of people out there who are uh, experiencing various levels of frustration, I would say, because they maybe haven't yet been able to materialize something they wanted to form lickety split quick, like a Star Trek TV show, Mm -hmm. right? And so since we're talking about practical manifesting today, I was wondering, let's start by defining what we're talking about. Like, what does manifestation or the ability to manifest mean to you as we're talking about it today? Hmm. When I think of manifesting, I see this realm of infinite possibilities that exists all around us that we are able to, with our attention and intention and our energy, we're able to bring things out of the formless and into form. And, you know, we can look at that on a a quantum level, but we can also look at it in, like you're saying, in a really practical way. How do you create the life that you want? How do you bring in these different aspects of your life that you're desiring and really looking at what's in the way, but also the the mechanics of how we're creating our reality and how we understand the mechanics of manifestation. It's a lot deeper than the law of attraction or, you know, some of the things that are being talked about. Mm-hmm. I agree. So I want to dive into five different places all at once. How will I choose? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love the visual that you gave because as you were talking, I saw this beautiful field of infinite possibility all around us and these lines of sort of rainbow colors, which in my mind are depicting all the waves of potentiality and possibility. And Mm. as I focus here, I focus there as I give, you know, the art of reciprocity, the give and the receive, as I give my attention and my intention and my focus and thereby my energy onto one of all these various infinite possibilities. I, I I would love to talk more, I guess, on the mechanics first, because it's such a, a visceral feeling state for me. I I really, I really love being in that space and that energy of it. And yet I can get lost there. And I know that other people can too. I can get lost in the imagery and the visualization and the feeling state. And I can sort of forget what I was doing. Does that make any sense? I almost get lost in love, you know, (laughs) forget that there is some mechanics that I am, that I am needing to understand. So maybe we could start there. I love that the mechanics of manifesting. Yeah. So I think, you know, it, it's really important to, have the vision, as you're saying, for the reality that you want to create and the life that you're desiring to to cultivate. And so a lot of times we don't spend much energy, you know, as kids, we daydream, we look out the window and we're always kind of in this liminal space. But as adults, we get sucked into this 3D reality and lost in you know, paying bills or whatever is the focus of our lives that we don't spend time in these liminal imaginal spaces 
But when we carve out intentional space to get clear for each area of our lives, for our health, for our relationships, for our purpose, our career, all of these different aspects of our life and really bring to life and visualize what it is that we're wanting in that realm. And then as we allow ourselves to dream and to imagine this life, something starts to happen. Often these limiting beliefs start to get kicked up or fears or doubts or uncertainty or, oh, I can't have that because X. And for whatever it is, it's important to notice all of the things that come up around, you know, when you're focusing on this life that you want, noticing all of the things that say why you can't have it, because those are going to be the things that block the manifestation and get in the way of you being in this highest frequency energy of I already have it. It's already here. And so there's different pieces of it. There's the getting clear on the vision, holding a beautiful, very crisp, vivid, clear picture of what it is that you want for your life. Seeing it as if it's already done, it's already here. And really being in that elevated state of appreciation and gratitude for having this and in the energy of what will life feel like when I have this thing that I'm calling in? And as much as you can cultivate that high energetic state, you're going to energize that vision and really beaming your energy and intention and attention into that. Like you were saying, the the wave which collapses it into a particle or brings it from the formless into form. But it's also important to do the work and go into working through and healing all of those places that don't feel worthy of it or deserving or whatever the the beliefs and fears that are coming up around that. Because again, that's going to be what gets in the way. Mm -hmm. I agree. I feel like so much gets kicked up just once you have that intention in my experience anyway it seems like it shakes down through the various levels of our being so i notice that stuff gets kicked up in the physical realm stuff gets kicked up in the mental stuff gets kicked up in the emotional and oftentimes uh, i notice that it's really easy to take that the wrong way <laughs> it's really easy to take that as evidence that it's not working or evidence mm. that something is wrong or evidence that I feel worse and I'm supposed to feel better. Some of these belief systems um, I've noticed arise uh, in many of the people that I've, I've talked to about this. I don't know if that's similar to your experience. Yeah. Um, I think any time we're, we're leveling up or leaning into another level of our growth, we mm. can hit these upper limits or, who am I to have this or want this? And mm -hmm. it's it's part of the growth process, but it's right. important not to get stuck in all of those beliefs and fears and actually use them as access points to go deeper into these patterns of wounding because we're all capable of, of creating our realities in really powerful ways. It's not just for, you know, a few select people. Everyone <laughs> has access mm -hmm. to this. And so as things come up, as you're stepping into this new version of yourself, it's totally normal for all of these things to come up. But it's up to you to start to look at them, to work with them, to start to shift them. Because as you clear those, it's going to raise you into a more elevated consciousness, a high, more high frequency state that's actually going to power that manifestation. So if you think of it like a, a projector mm -hmm. and you pop in the little slide that, that has the image of what you want to create, say it's, you know, 
your dream home on the beach, you see the waves crashing, and you have this crisp, clear image of this dream home. And if you're riddled with doubt and limiting beliefs and fear, there's not going to be a lot of energy that's density that's going to be projecting into this vision. And it'll be like a 60 watt bulb. Mm. Whereas if you clear that and you shift into these more elevated high frequency states of appreciation, love, gratitude, knowing that it's already here and being so profoundly in joy and project that energy, that's going to be like a floodlight. And (laughs) beaming that floodlight at this image is going to bring it to life on the wall and in the same way in our reality. And so the more we can hold this powerful vision, clearing any of the doubts and the fears and the beliefs that say we can't have it, that's going to really energize and bring it into form in ways that you can't even imagine. And that's the the magic of it. And, you know, every time I still, I mean, I, I have so many wild synchronicities and wild things show up in my reality And I'm always in awe every single time it happens. And I think that's key because the minute you stop being in awe and gratitude for the magic of this life, that's when you lose the power. And so really cultivating that state of just being incomplete joy, appreciation, awe, wonder, gratitude for everything that we're we're creating and even these small moments of of synchronicity that are showing us that we're on the path that's going to keep us in that flywheel of high frequency states mm, i love that i love the image of the floodlight on the wall that is gorgeous so <laughs> palpable couple of things here that I'm hearing. Well, first of all, I can hear (laughs) a buzz in the audience of clearing, clearing. How do I clear it? How do I clear it? How do I clear it? So you mentioned clearing those doubts and clearing those fears. What would you say to the person screaming, how, how do I do that? Well, first and foremost, it's having the awareness of it. And so Mm -hmm. that's the access point using our triggers and our activated states and the fears and the doubts and the beliefs that are coming up when those thoughts and emotions arise not just pushing them aside distracting ourselves shoving them down but really using them as an opportunity to go deep within to see what's beneath it what's creating that? Where is that stemming from? And so when you are in that activated state, asking yourself, what must I believe in order to be having this thought or this experience? Mm -hmm. Or what am I making this mean about myself? These are power questions that'll help guide you to the root as you keep going deeper and deeper down. And really trying to find out when's the first time I felt this way. And I had a, an experience like this uh, a few summers ago in Ibiza. And I was in a, a beautiful journey circle. And at the end, everyone was invited up to the altar space to make an offering. And I froze. I went completely blank and I do a lot of public speaking. And so I've had to move through that fear of going and sharing myself (laughs) publicly Mm -hmm. in a a speaking way. And that became my comfort zone, but this was a different setting and just watching as, you know, person after person went up and had a beautiful expression, whether it was a song or, you know, playing an instrument or a dance or something. And I was so 
triggered by this and frozen, just went into a total freeze response of, I have nothing. I have nothing Mm -hmm. to offer. I'm not enough. All of these things started coming up around this self-expression. And I just felt so shut down. And then as the night went on and into the next day, I was really sitting with this, like, when is the first time I felt that way? And that's a beautiful question to sit with. And when you're in that feeling of the trigger, asking yourself, when is the first time I felt this way? Or take you know, asking your intuition to guide you back to the first moment where you had that thought or had that feeling. And for me, what came up was singing so loudly, full of joy when I was maybe seven years old in school. And my teacher telling me, Jackie, stop singing. I can't hear the other kids. And Mm. it was like, you know, a a totally innocent comment on on her part. She just wanted everyone to have a, a, a chance to be heard. What I heard was make yourself smaller. You're too much. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't outshine other people. And I shut down my expression. And so we all have these moments throughout our lives where something happened. Someone said something, someone did something and we made it mean something about ourselves. And we shut down our expression or had some other lingering impact that then repeats throughout our lives, asking to be healed and looked at. And so, you know, these core wounds that we carry around, will just repeat in a, you know, a different person until we get to the resolution of it, and fully release it and let it go. And so by asking yourself those power questions, when you're in a triggered moment that can help you take it down to the root to to witness it and and release it and mm-hmm. there's there's more layers to it and there's a lot of processes that i work with and that we work with with flow consciousness to work with beliefs and emotional imprints at the mental emotional energetic and physical level and really making sure to to clear them at the deepest levels so that way you're free from them mm-hmm. and and you get back access to more love, more joy, more freedom, more peace, more happiness. And so the the deeper you're willing to go into the depths of these places of the fear, the shame, the doubt, the sadness, all of these, you know, the the denser, heavy emotions, the greater, the equal and opposite, you open up on the other side. And so for me, I get excited when I get triggered because Mm -hmm. it's showing me another level that gets to unlock when Mm -hmm. I let it go. Mm -hmm. And what a beautiful way to be with our triggered states and what an empowering and impactful, not just for our lives, but Uh, for those of us intertwined with other people, as many of us are and our families and our friendships and our uh, colleagues to be able to know what to do with it, to be able to understand the opportunity that it's giving us uh, rather than feeling put upon by it or out of control of it or needing to further suppress it or numb it. It's a, it's an extremely empowering state that you're describing that can uh, Change lives is really an understatement. I find that it's a it's a bridge back to a depth of self-love and self-trust that I don't know too much any other things that come close to that once we get into this relationship the way you're describing with those states. Mm. It's a really beautiful thing. And Not we, to mention we the all have the them. Mm-hmm. We all have these different wounds that we carry and sure. it might seem so trivial. You know, someone <laughs> listening might be like, you know, mm-hmm. big deal. Like <laughs> you had to sing in front of people, you know, um, because yeah. that's not up for them, but something else yeah. will be. And we each have our thing that 
And it, it's the reason it might be something trivial, but it feels so scary is because it's our inner child mm -hmm. that had this disruption in their experience. And yeah. I went to Antarctica last year and I was organizing a talent show. And I realized as I went around, everyone's like, oh, I don't have any talent. Mm -hmm. And it really struck me like, oh, I don't have any talent. There was such fear of getting up in front of other people and sharing ourselves. And I, what I recognized in that moment as I was recruiting and trying to bring people into this experience, that it had to be me that opened. Mm -hmm. And I shared that story of being paralyzed in fear and not feeling like I had anything to contribute. And I... I signed myself up to go first and I was going to sing for the first time publicly since maybe oh, elementary wow. school. And I was terrified. I asked a friend to sing with me and he agreed. And I remember when I was looking at the list and the MC was introducing the whole experience. And I knew that I was going to be called on and I started tearing up and I was surprised how much emotion was still there mm -hmm. in it. And mm -hmm. in stepping up to the mic and sharing that wound vulnerably with the audience and then singing. And I started off kind of timid. And by the end, I just got <laughs> louder and more expressed and more confident. It was such a powerful moment. But also in the sharing of it and being witnessed in it, it transmuted it and it allowed it to allowed it to heal because mm -hmm. I was, I was witnessed in my wounding and really being able to share it authentically and vulnerably. And then it was a permission slip for other people to step into that as well. And so I think the more in our relationships and our partnerships in life that we can bring this level of vulnerability because we all have these wounds. No one really makes it out of childhood without some level mm -hmm. of emotional scarring. Mm -hmm. And the more that we can share that, the more it helps us heal. That's beautiful. That's a, it's a, beautiful level of awareness to have but it's also a beautiful intentionality for coming together with others and really really honoring the places that we all come from and the levels yeah. you know um it's a beautiful intentionality to be that vulnerable with each other and to feel safe with each other and honoring each other and knowing that we also have the power to witness and help heal each other that it's not a a less than greater than mm, i love that it's beautiful. Mm. I also find that just to be clear, that even bringing that level of witnessing from yourself to your inner child to these aspects has a very healing effect in a similar way. And it's not really either Absolutely. or, but in your experience, you too. Yeah. Knowing Absolutely. that just the awareness and being able to witness yourself and yourselves in these states is profoundly healing. I have a question for you circling back to, I mean, the level of synchronicity that you experience <laughs> in your life. <laughs> I have no words, uh, which is not really conducive to a podcast episode, but it's, it's mind blowing. It's mind blowing. And it really speaks to me. I mean, I know the stories you could tell. Um, I think I, I teased you before that a lot of your life is like a, out of a Harry Potter novel. <laughs> and this is a great crowd for that. But without even going into the stories, just the level of synchronicity. And you said, you know, things come in my life all the time in ways I could never even imagine. And it seems to me that it, that speaks to a degree of willingness on your part and a willingness to let go of control. And so I wonder if you could speak to how you got to that, because I really see mm. you, correct me if I'm wrong, but I see you in a lot of flow. I see you saying, yes, I see you moving here and there. I see you being moved as much by life and by synchronicity as anything else. And maybe there's nothing else. Whereas I think that a large majority of us are 
trying to do the moving with our minds mm. and frustrated when things don't come about in the way that we assume or expect that they will or should. That's such an, an important and powerful distinction is releasing the how that we can imagine with our limited minds how we mm. think something should show up in our lives. But then, you know, I've been really in this place of if I'm trying to figure out how it's going to happen or control how it's going to happen, how is the universe going to delight me? You know, so I, I really feel I have the deepest core belief that life wants to delight me and surprise me. And so when I'm trying to figure everything out and hold it and have an expectation of how it's going to happen, I'm really placing a lot of limits on the, the possibilities and the potentials. And so over the course of my life, and this is a dramatic shift from when I was younger, I was a total control freak. And because I had a lot of fear and really micromanaged my life in a way that I didn't realize I had chronic low-grade anxiety. Um, but I really was always waiting for the shoe to drop. And now I've come to a place where it's the opposite polarity where I thrive in uncertainty and uncertainty is my comfort zone. I was just saying to a friend the other night that um, I really feel restricted sometimes by having to make choices until I have clarity. Mm -hmm. And, and so I will sit for an uncomfortably long time in the not knowing until I have a clear yes. And it makes other people uncomfortable. <laughs> and, you know, I've, I've really become so comfortable with uncertainty and not knowing and just, you know, I've, I've, I've been gifted a ticket to Burning Man for next week. And everyone's like, well, where will you sleep? And where are you camping? And I'm mm. like, well, I don't really know. And <laughs> I don't feel called to make plans. And even um, this summer, I was, um, I was renting a place and uh, the landlord was asking, you know, when I was going to come back. And I said, I, I, I don't really know, like, how could I possibly know when I'm going to come back when I don't know who I'm going to meet, and I don't know what's going to happen. And that to me feels more free than having safety and security and predictability. And other people are in the opposite polarity where the unknown and uncertainty feels so unsafe to them. And mm -hmm. so having routine, stability, predictability is their yeah. comfort zone. And one is not necessarily better than the other, but I find such profound freedom in the not knowing and letting the universe delight me and letting life surprise me because it always works out better than I ever could have imagined. And, you know, I've countless stories of ways that that's shown up in my life and, and for my clients and really synchronicity is an indicator of how in flow we're living. And, mm. you know, again, coming back to Burning Man, Burning Man has a governing set of principles that allow for magic and synchronicity to happen. And it doesn't have to be in the container of, of Burning Man. You know, one of the principles is immediacy and really just living in the moment. And the more we're focused on the present and the now, not trying to plan for the future or getting stuck in the past, that opens up the field of possibilities and is this container for synchronicity and magic. And so, yeah, I think um, it's something that I've really had to cultivate over time. And I think for, for me, it was, um, I did a solo journey around the world for a year back in 2009 that mm. really was my training ground for that. Mm -hmm. I had a bunch of plans going into the trip and a budget and that all went out the window after <laughs> the first couple of days. And you realize like traveling, 
traveling in developing nations, like you just can't, you can't have a plan because things are going to go wrong all the time (laughs) and things are going to come up that you wanted to do, but because you pre-planned, then you can't do. And so after time, I just kind of scrapped any advanced planning and then would just get swept away into these moments of, of magic and and possibility. Hmm. Would you be willing to talk just a little bit for those that, I don't know, even if they're in the know, they might not know, but even if they're in the know, I loved what you said about synchronicity actually being a measure of flow. Can you just talk about what synchronicity really is and how to look at that in your life through that lens of a, as a measure of flow? Yeah. So synchronicities are kind of meaningful coincidences. And so I don't really believe in coincidence. I think that life is always communicating with us. And the more we're attuned to that, and the more we're listening to the cues, the more we're engaging and co-creating with life. And so when we're in flow, we start to experience more of these synchronicities, these moments where you think of someone and they call or you say this thing and then it shows up and and there's um, infinite ways that it can happen, but it really feels like, oh, yeah, you mentioned Harry Potter. It's it's like Mm -hmm. I'm living in a magical universe Mm -hmm. and it's really um it's like practicing divination but with all of life that Mm. life is always trying to communicate with us it's it's really our way of communing with the divine and allowing everything that's happening you know it's like oh I, as I was uh, walking down the beach one day and I was sharing with a friend what I, I just told you and your listeners about this experience of declaring my new self expression and healing that wound. Mm-hmm. As I said that, a massive green, I don't know if it was a meteor or what it was, mm-hmm. fell down from the sky and into the ocean. <laughs> And I've never in my entire life seen anything like it. And I had enough time to look at him and look back. And he saw it too. And we were like, oh my God, (laughs) what was that? Did you see that? And never have I ever seen anything like that. But it was the exact moment where I made a declaration that I was going to step into my self-expression. And so it's moments like that where you really feel like, ah, that was, that was meaningful. Mm. What a beautiful example. Thank you for sharing that. I love that the more aware we become, the more in relationship and active communication we become with our entire life and everything in it becomes more and more meaningful, the more and more aware and the more willing we are to engage in that relationship and notice. I, yeah, I appreciate that immensely. Mm. I want to circle back one, one more thing here. You know, we were talking about, oh no, two more things. Jackie, I'm going to have to have you here for a week. There's no other way to do this. (laughs) Done. So look, instant (laughs) manifestation, right? Done. Brilliant. So it is. Adore you. Okay. What if you're someone, you mentioned the vision first, obviously, you mentioned the crisp and the clear picture. I know how important that is. And you, you mentioned the different realms, like a picture for your house, a picture for your purpose, your career. What do you say to someone who is either fuzzy in the pictures or can't quite land on something, is really flitting about, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. It kind of looks like this. It kind of looks like that. Have you ever experienced that? Oh, 100%. And I I love that you asked this question because I am not a visual person. Mm. So for Mm -hmm. me to actually, when I say vision, it's more like in a general sense of knowing what it is that you want. Some Mm. people are extraordinarily visual and can really see the crisp, clear image for yeah. me, I'm such a tactile or auditory person, uh, kin- kinesthetic. 
So we have all of these different ways that we get to engage with the world. And so I recommend utilizing all of them. The more sensual it is in the utilizing all of the senses is going to bring it online and energize it more. And so if you have a dominant way, whether it's uh, you know visual, auditory, you can do it in any of them and all of them. And so you can, I sometimes record myself describing my life as if it's already happened and play it back and listen to it. Or, you know, just really working on the the feeling state and the emotions that you're going to feel when you have the thing that you're calling in. So the more you engage the senses, the more you're giving it energy. And Mm. so it doesn't matter, you know, you can use your dominant one, you can use all of them, but it's really just bringing it to life. And then the second piece that you spoke to is what if it's not clear? I think a lot of people, um, you know, and I've worked with a lot of clients who don't necessarily have that clarity. And it's often because of wounding. They don't Mm. allow themselves to dream. They don't allow themselves to imagine what their life could be like because they're so afraid that they'll never have it. They're Mm. so afraid that they don't actually deserve it. And that can block the conceptualization or the visualization of the life that you want. Or another thing is just keeping it really small and attainable um, because they don't want to be disappointed and things mm. like that. And so mm-hmm. often, you know, sometimes it just takes longer to come to clarity. It's like, well, okay, you know, I, I don't really know what I, I want yet. But then you can start to get the the pieces of it. Like, what are the aspects that bring me alive? What are the different pieces of the puzzle that can come together to give me the life that I want and be the stepping stones until the vision becomes clear? But often when there isn't clarity or people don't have a strong vision for their life or what they want, it's Mm -hmm. often connected to, you know, a deeper worthiness, a deeper, you know, sense of, I don't want to dream too big because I don't want to be disappointed. And how do you work with that? You know, again, it's, it's coming back to the inner work piece of where did that start? Where did I shut down my ability to dream? Because, you know, kids are just (laughs) such in the imaginal space, you know, they're Mm -hmm. like taking rockets to other planets. And, you know, it's just natural and innate. And so, you know, there was that um, study, Sir Ken Robinson, I think was his name, Uh you know, studying the um, creative genius of, uh, rocket scientists, and then they replicated in children every five years, the percentage of creative genius declined in the kids as they got older, because Mm. our our school systems Mm. kind of diminish that ability to hold this imaginal realm. And, or we believe that we can't have it, we're not worthy, you know, we're going to lose it, whatever the fears are takes Mm -hmm. over and so just blocks and gets in the way and so just going back into the inner workspace to find out really what is the deepest root of that Mm. and communicating with your your inner child and finding out like what does he or she want what did you love to do as a kid you know Mm -hmm. it's um the the things that brought us so much joy, you know, it's like if we just started to do some of those things again, like when's the last time you splashed in puddles or danced in the rain or, you know, just did the things that brought you joy as a kid. Yeah. And that's why I think, um, you know, the more that we can touch into those places and maybe it wasn't safe for you to, to have dreams and fun and and these explorations as a child and Mm -hmm. 
Um, you know, maybe you were in a scenario where your survival needs weren't being met. And so dreaming is not the priority. And so really going into those places and doing the healing work around Mm -hmm. it is so imperative. I really appreciate that. I wonder, you know, I've never met a child who, when I ask, do you sing? Yeah, of course I sing. Do you dance? Of course I dance. Want to see it? Great. Do you draw? Yeah, of course. Here's my painting. Here's my, you know, they're very, they're very in it. There's not a lot of judgment depending on the age and stage, of course, but on the whole, they're less likely to judge their creations. And of course, Mm -hmm. their creations aren't tied to their livelihood. Do you notice that as adults, some of this stuff and some of this uh, suppression and the wounding or the worthiness, deservability, do you think that some of it is because so much of this is tied to how we make our living or how we express in the world and get adult feedback, right, from other adults versus that childhood state, which is a little bit different from that? In other words, because so much of what we want to do is tied to how we live, to how we um, how we earn our money, how we earn our livelihood, how we show up in the face of other adults. Do you think there's a little bit of a difference there in how we tend to judge our expressions or our passions or our desires and weigh them through those different lenses? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I think our society tends to deem our worthiness based on our achievements and, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think that is so detrimental since we are at our core worthy just by virtue of being here, but we don't, we don't really believe that we think we need to do more, get more, be more. And, you know, and often there's beliefs around, you know, I can't do what I love and get paid. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I have friends who get paid to do some of the most unbelievable things and they're getting paid to to play and to party and to just live their best lives in costumes and be Ugh. fully expressed and um yeah. but so many people carry the belief that I can't get paid to do what I love mm-hmm. and so I have to take this soul sucking job right and push aside the things that bring me joy, or I'll have my joy on the weekends, but then come the weekend, you're too tired. And there's not a lot of space left to do the things that light you up and are fulfilling. Yeah. Uh, when in reality, there's so many different ways that we can provide for ourselves when we are connected to our joy and living a soul led life. And looking at where you believe that's not possible and what the fears are that are connected to that. Mm. I love that more than anything on the whole planet. And I firmly believe that a lot of our potential and a lot of our collective rising, if you will, expanding certainly in hope lies in, in that reclamation to some degree or another. Absolutely. And it doesn't like our, our joy doesn't necessarily have to be our vocation. But as long as there's ways that we're bringing it into our daily lives and connecting to that inner child, that self expression to the things that light us up, Mm -hmm. it's going to penetrate everything that we do. So Mm -hmm. really, cultivating space in our lives for that you know pottery class or you know trapeze or whatever it is that you've always wanted to do or you used to love doing and just making the space for it and making it a priority mm-hmm. and that spills over to every other area a hundred percent because that's again going to bring you into these higher frequency states, which then you'll have more power to fuel your visions, Mm -hmm. more energy to project into these latent potentials and bring them into existence. But if you're 
you know, beat down all day because you're doing something that you don't love. And then you come home and you're tired and you Mm. don't have energy. That's going to be what you're projecting into your manifestations. And so it's really important to cultivate these states of, of joy and love and gratitude and play and hope and awe and wonder throughout the day, however we can. I love that so much, Jackie. And I think that that state you just described, that sort of drudgery state, it's a low energy state. But I also believe that that's one of those states that leads to, oh, if I just had more money, then we're not really into our joy. We're not really connecting directly with that that love being, if you will, you know, with that, that thing that actually brings us the most joy or amplifying that field, we're sort of searching for relief and frustrated that there's no real energy behind it. It's not that you can't manifest money, but do you understand what I'm saying? There's a, there's a disconnect there that happens that I see quite a bit as well. Well, And even if you're not living your passion Mm-hmm. And you're you're in a job that maybe isn't your highest expression and what you necessarily want to be doing. How can you be the best possible you in that job? How mm-hmm. can you be the most fully expressed and connected to your joy? How can you make it more fun? And really, I mean, um, I'm thinking back to one of my very first jobs in mm-hmm. high school. I was a door greeter at a store. Mm-hmm. And really not a very exciting job. Um, but I had the best time. I'm a very <laughs> social, social person. <laughs> so I just was so, I had such a great time talking to everyone and going around the store and connecting with people in different departments and welcoming everyone in. And, and so it, it's really, what are you bringing to everything that you're doing? So even to the mundane, the monotonous, if you're washing the dishes or just the things that you have to do, because all of life is not going to be, you know, the most exciting thing you've ever done, but it can be filled with joy. Mm, That's so beautiful. It reminds me of that before and after enlightenment, you know, before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water after enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. Exactly. You know, we're always going to have tedious things to do, you know, sitting at the DMV or whatever (laughs) it is that can be bring you into a a negative place or, Mm. you know, just like a lower vibrational energy. How can you make it more fun? How can you you bring play to it? Because that's, Mm -hmm. that's what kids do. Kids are, you know, can be our greatest teachers anything becomes a game, anything becomes play. (laughs) And so Mm. even, even the things that we have to do that we don't want to do, it's, Mm -hmm. it's how we're choosing to be in that situation. That's going to affect our energy. Absolutely. My children will tell you they can gamify anything. Absolutely anything. I mean, they're adults now, but they still gamify everything. It's amazing. All right. I know we're going to have to start wrapping up soon. I really could keep you here all week, but this is something that I would love to ask you about. And it sort of expands on what we were just talking about a little bit, but you know, when you have that, that clear picture and whatever way works for you, and I really appreciate how you spoke to that and you, you see it as already here you already have it. It's already here. And you're really sort of in that mode of, of appreciating what it will feel like to already have it, already experience it. How do you, how do you work with that? If you're someone, you know, and and I hear some of these stories all the time. So I'm curious if you're someone who has never been in a healthy body, you know, it's, it's, it's fatigued or it's sick or it's cumbersome in some way. If you're someone who's never been in a healthy relationship, if you're someone who's never um, had a lot of friends or felt comfortable socially, if you're not someone who's ever been able to speak in a crowd, whether two people or 2000, if you're someone who has never had money, uh, never been above the poverty line, how do you, how do you even pretend how do you get into being able to understand in your body mind system what that could possibly feel like yeah that's a beautiful question and one way is to find models of possibility 
And so who in your life that you either directly know, ideally someone in your direct sphere, Mm -hmm. or even if it is say a celebrity or something, who in your awareness do you know that's living the way that you do or or that you want to be? And Mm -hmm. if it's possible for them, it's possible for you. And so you can kind of transfer the experience as you imagine them living that life and really seeing yourself as that. And then you're also um, able to bridge like, you know, and this is where affirmations fall short. If I'm chronically ill and I'm writing on my mirror and telling myself I'm the picture of health, there's (laughs) going to be, there's going to be a gap. There's going to be a cognitive dissonance that will be more of a barrier than um, repeating the positive affirmation. It's going to create a tug of war in your, in your psyche and your consciousness saying, Mm -hmm. okay, well, well, that's bullshit. You know, I can't, Mm -hmm. I can't look in the mirror and see myself as the picture of health when, you know, I'm having all of these symptoms and never feeling good. So what can you do to bridge that? Every day I'm making better choices to become healthier every day, you know, so creating Mm -hmm. like a bridge statement that makes it more Mm -hmm. attainable, you know, Mm -hmm. every day I'm more and more aligned with my purpose every day, you know, something, whatever it is that is bridging the gap between where you are and what you want. Mm -hmm. And then starting to notice and acknowledge the shifts, right? So if you're, like you said, if if you've never had money, the next time you get something for free, or you get $3 on a scratch off lottery ticket, or you find 10 cents on the ground, whatever it is, mm-hmm. making that moment, affirming this new reality, and shifting because you have a reticular activating system in your brain that's always looking for and filtering and sorting the information that's coming at you according to what you believe. And so if you believe that money is a struggle for you and you keep finding evidence of where money is a struggle for you, you just keep focusing on that. And so if you notice every time where, oh, you know, someone bought me a cup of coffee or whatever it is starting to shift. Oh, I'm, I'm abundant or, Mm. you know, money comes effortlessly to me and starting to see the examples in your reality starts to create a new neural pathway and shift the way that you're seeing things. So I think it's really important to find evidence of the belief that you want to be true. Mm, that is the best thing ever. Soundbite, put it on your wall. Oh my <laughs> goodness, put it on your fridge. That is fantastic. Sweetheart, I just, I am so grateful for you being here. Do you have any final thoughts you feel inspired to share before we begin to wrap up for today? Yeah, again, I just think it's so important that if it's if it's happening for other people, it's available for you too. Because we get, especially with social media, caught in the mm-hmm. comparison trap. Oh, everyone else is living a better life than me. And mm-hmm. when you start to see it rather from a place of a permission slip and showing you what's possible rather than everyone else has more is more than me, um just changing the way that you see it that if it's possible for them, it's possible for you too. It's like the uh 4-minute mile, Roger Bannister. And, you know, that was, was it four minutes or eight minutes? I can't remember. Mm -hmm. No, it was four. No, you're on it. It was four. And Mm -hmm. so once he did it, he broke this record immediately after other people (laughs) did it too. And Mm -hmm. so it was in their awareness as possible. And so holding that other people having what it is that you want as showing you and a permission slip of possibility for you that it's available for you too. Ah, Jackie, 
So powerful. <laughs> Such an inspiring conversation. I, I so deeply appreciate you being here with us and sharing your wealth of wisdom so, so generously as you always do. Thank you so much. The feeling is so mutual. Thank you for having me. Mm. Any time, love, any time. All right, folks. And thank you all for being here with us too. As always, I hope today's episode serves your highest possible good and inspires you wherever you are on the practical manifesting journey. Until next time, keep unlocking your own superpowers of the soul and put them to great use, building a life and a world you love. Much love and many blessings to you all. Bye for now, everyone.